84th Psalm, great Psalm. Some of the stuff in here you're going to say, oh, oh, is that where that comes from? I didn't know that was in there. So now that you're going to know where it comes from, you'll be able to say, in Psalm 84, it says this. How lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, yes, faints for the courts of the Lord. My heart and flesh sing for joy to the living God. Notice what he says here. Even the sparrow finds a home and the swallow a nest for herself where she may lay her young at your altars, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Blessed are those who dwell in your house, ever singing your praise. Selah. Blessed are those whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways of Zion. As they go through the valley of Baca, they make it a place of springs. The early rain also covers it with pools. They go from strength to strength, each one appears before God in Zion. O Lord, our host, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Behold our shield, O God. Look on the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather... Be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trust in you. I may not have to say anything else other than read that, to be honest with you, because that says a whole lot. We were talking about in Sunday school class, just being in the, the presence and having the essence of God dwelling around us is an awesome thing. And when I look at this 84th Psalm, I, I could just picture in my mind, I like what he says when he, right off the bat when he talks about how lovely is your dwelling place O Lord of hosts, my soul, my soul longs. Yes, it faints for the courts of the Lord. He just wants to be in the presence of God. My heart and my flesh sing for joy to the living God. Do we have that kind of mentality, that, that type of attitude that our very being wants to sing for joy to God? Or are we always in the, in, in the attitude of wallowing through all of our problems and all of our sorrows and all of our circumstances, and never once through, through it all do we ever say to God, God, you are to be a joy in my life. In spite of what I may be going through right now, let me have the joy of my salvation. Because what happens is many times what we do is we dwell on the negative and don't understand that in spite of all that may be bad in our life, God is always there. God is able to bring us through. What did he say? What is one of the phrases? It's always what? Darkest before the dawn? Just when you think it's at its worst, that's when God can work his best. Catch what I just said? Just when you and I think it's at its worst, God 
can work it to be the best in our life. Don't give up hope. Trust in him. And he talked about that right there. How lovely. Did you walk in here today thinking, you know what? It's a joyful experience just to be able to walk into the house of God. I come in here and I sit. And I, if, if I don't say anything to anybody, I could just look and think, God, you're so great. You're so marvelous. You're so wonderful. I got up this morning. And sometimes we get up wanting to get up, and sometimes we get up not wanting to get up. But the fact that you and I got up and got here is a, is, is a testimony to God. Amen? My heart, my flesh, sing for joy. It's so easy to be negative. It's so easy to be down. It's so easy to be despondent. But to sit back and think, wait a minute. Okay, yeah, I got some stuff going on in my life. There's some bad things going on. But let me think about this a moment. I woke up this morning. I should be able to have some joy in my life. I got food in my refrigerator. That's another reason to have joy. Wait a minute. God, I may have some aches and some pains and have to go through some stuff in my own personal life and have to go on this machine and all that. But you know what? I'm still able to move. I'm still able to play in, in pain and not in pain. I'm able to tickle the keys. But guess what? God, you've been too good to me. When God has been so good to us, why can't we be good back to him? Huh? We're easy to say, God, you bless us, bless us. And he is the first one that we neglect to do what we ought to be doing. We were talking about giving and, and, and stuff this morning, and the, t- the comment was made that, you know, if God, the reason why we can blow God off many times is because he doesn't write a bill to us and says, you owe me X amount of dollars. Maybe if we had a bill, a piece of paper that we had, that God would say, this is what you owe. But then I thought to myself, we would never be able to pay the bill. How, how, what, how can you, what is it that God, if God wrote a bill out to us for what we owe him, you couldn't pay it. There's no way. Because God's been too good to us. He talks about, wait a minute now, you You've been in your backyard. You've been in the front yard. You've driven down the, ro- driven down the road. You've seen the little sparrows and the swallows, the little teeny, little teeny tiny birds. He says, even the sparrow finds a home and swallows a nest for herself where she may lay her young. Then he says, at your altar, O Lord of hosts, my king and my God. Be careful when you talk like that. You call God my king and my God, what you're saying is he has first place. He has preeminence. He's number one in your life. My king and my God. Blessed. I like that. Blessed. Happy. Come on now. Happy are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. Are you happy to be in the house today? Can you smile today even in the midst of trouble? What did he say in the Gospels? Wait a minute. If God can take care of the birds of the air, the fowl in the air and all that, that they are able to find rest and find food and all that, how much more? Did you guess what he said? How much more will he care for us? Because we're above the sparrows and the, and, the, and, the, and the swallows. We're creating the very image of God. We're number two. We've been made co-regents with God. If he can care for the birds of the air and all that and all other creation, guess what? He'll care for you. So whatever it is that you lack, God is able to provide. Amen.
you just got to say, Lord, this is your child. I'm your child. You have a responsibility. You've got to take care of me because you said you would. Now, here's our problem. We don't know how he's going to do it. But he's got to be faithful to his word. Blessed are those whose strength is in you. Our strength is in him, not ourselves. Whose heart are the highways of Zion as they go from the valley of Baca. All the fresh spring. You know, when you're out in the desert, have you ever been so thirsty that you needed a glass of water? Have you ever been so busy, so, so, so running around that you just needed to take some time to just decompress and rest for yourself? Amen? The idea of this is going by the cool springs and the pools that lie out in various spots in the desert. Hey, everybody needs to take some time off. Everybody needs some R&R. I know some of us have just done that. You know what? If you're, if you're like somebody else, I know. Once you come back, you, wanna, you don't want to leave, number one. And then you come back saying, honey, I'm tired. You go off to rest and you come back tired thinking you need to go off again to rest again. It's amazing. But just the idea of being able to have that time. And, and this is a great thing. He talks about our relationship with him. Verse 8 and 9 says, O Lord of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Listen to me, God. I'm getting ready. Isn't it a great thing that God always hears our prayers? We, everybody that's, that is praying, could be praying right now. If you pray, God knows you, your prayer specifically. No call waiting, no call forwarding. He knows your prayer. And here's another thing which is really great, even when you and I are unable to pray. Life has smacked us upside the head so bad that we can't get on our knees in prayer. We can't even utter the words, Abba, Father, the Holy Spirit, who knows the thoughts and mind and the intents of our heart, is able to take what's on our heart to the very throne of God. That's a great thing. I don't know if you've ever been there. Where life just knocks the wind right out of you. And somebody says, well, I don't, know, I don't know how you can't want to pray to God. Oh, there are times you may, because of circumstances, at that particular moment, you may not want to pray. Yeah. Yeah, it's no reflection on your salvation. It's no reflection on your relationship with God. But at that moment, life knocked you out. I like the expression old-timers would say, because some of us are so self-righteous. I just can't imagine not wanting to pray to God. You just live long enough. You let something happen in your life that is so gut-wrenching, so hits you right in the solar plexus of your life that knocks the sail, the wind out of your sails, then you'll be able to say, oh, I get it now. Someone's never been hurt bad enough. Someone's never had a spirit's pain bad enough to understand that. But he says... Oh, God, hear my prayer. Behold our shield, oh, God, and look on the face of the anointed. It is a privilege and an honor to be a child of God. God, because I'm his child, has to do some things for me that he doesn't have to do for everybody else. If you're not his child, he ain't bound to do nothing for you. But because I am his child... My dad, 
my daddy has to take care of me. Talk about me all you want. Rake me through the mud. Throw my name on the plaster signs of the boards out in the neighborhood. God's going to take care of me. Why do you think he talks about do not touch my anointed? You gotta be careful how, we have to be careful how we handle God's people. Because as he takes care of me, he also takes care of you. So that's why we shouldn't be so concerned about what people say about us. There's only one person I really need to be concerned about, what he's saying, and that is the Lord himself. And what I want to hear him say to me is, well done. Good and faithful servant. See, I, my evaluation, I don't base my evaluation on what you think because we are fickle. You can't evaluate me because you don't even know what the standard is. And I really can't evaluate you because God's word is what it is. Who knows the thoughts and intents of a man's one boy or girl's heart? Only God knows. And in the end, each one of us stand before God for ourselves. Amen. Say so he thinks he's big and bad. No, no, I don't think I'm big and bad. Not at all. I'm really weak, and it don't take much to, for me to cry. I woke up yesterday, Saturday, yeah, Saturday morning, with a pain right in my glute left side. Don't know where it came from. I said, Sister Brother Tony and Sister Jean, it's their granddaughter's thing. And I get up, and I went, ooh. And Brother Tony said, what's wrong, Pastor? I said, I don't know. I got up, and I saw my leg around in pain. And when I move a certain way, like a hip pointer. Amen? But God is good. I got up early this morning. I've been up since 4.45. Got up early. Couldn't sleep. I'm laying there thinking about stuff. Church and Sunday morning. I said, well, you know, if I'm going to lay here, I might as well get, get up and go to the church. So I got here about 5.15. And the good news is, that's good. Ain't nobody out. Quiet. Just me and Jesus. A thousand years in your courts is better. For a day in his court is better than a thousand years elsewhere. One day to be in the court of God is better than going anywhere else. What's your, what is your fantasy vacation? Where is it that you want to go that you think, if I get there, I will be so rested, so, so let me just go down to uh, Cancun, Mexico, where the waters are blue and crisp, and the dolphins are leaping out of the water, and I can go to a nice hotel, and around the hotel, I can just either walk out of my room or go down to where the pool is or where the ocean comes in and there they've got the little bar and I can just order my little whatever and just be, ah, just watch the water lapping on the shores. No small, no nothing, just, I can just admire the creation of God. That sounds good, doesn't it? Ain't nothing wrong with that. But he says, a day, a day in the courts of God is better than anywhere else. Man, I could go for that vacation right now. Y'all want to pay for me to go? <laughs> I could say, hey, we could write it off as a spiritual journey. Enlightening. We want to send our pastor to, to be enlightened spiritually. No, I... I 
that, that, sounds, that does sound good, but just the idea of, I don't know if we understand the idea that God dwells in us. The moment you're saved, the moment you receive Christ, he indwells us. You've heard me say this many times before. When you think about that, why is it that we say some of the things that we say? Why is it some of the things that we do? Not realizing that God, like what Sister Penny was talking about this morning, God is with us all the time. That could be a daunting thing. You don't worry about nobody else catching you with your with being in the wrong place. God already, God is with you in the wrong place. If you're his child, he can't let you go off and do something wrong and not discipline us. But that's all. That's that's the awesome. One day in his courts, I ain't asking to be a preacher. I ain't asking to be a Sunday school teacher. I'm not asking to be in a choir. I'm not. You know what? Just let me be a doorkeeper. A doorkeeper. Standing at the door. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Don't let me be in places I should not be. Don't don't catch me. Don't don't let me be caught in a club somewhere thinking that I'm having all this fun and, or out wherever I may be doing whatever it is I'm doing that maybe may not be bringing glory to you. No, I want, if it's no more than I'm standing at that door, I would rather be that doorkeeper. And that's an important job. Hey, people are like, oh, you're standing here, you pass out, bullet, you know, here, here, here. Hey, how you doing? Oh, doorkeepers, it's got a lot of responsibility. You don't know who's walking in here. And people's impression of the church is sometimes determined by the first person they meet. Now, you've got a sad sack-looking face, and you're, you're the first person that a new person meets. I don't know about you. Somebody said you don't get a second chance to make a first impression. So, Pastor, I don't know about that. Well, let me ask you this. Go to a restaurant to go out to eat. And let nobody be at the desk when you get there. Say hi, welcome to wherever it is you're at. And they tell you, you know, be 20 minutes, 25 minutes, whatever, and they seat you. And then after they seat you, you start looking at the silverware and you go, oh, no. This is kind of dirty. And you bring your glass of water and you go, ugh. And then you look at the floor and you're looking around and you go, ugh, I don't know about this. What's your impression? Based on what you saw just in the five, ten minutes that you were there. If you stay, you won't come back, typically. It's no different with us in the church. It's no different with us in our lives. Sometimes people's impression of what a Christian is is because they say, you say you're a Christian. If, 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 if you are indication of what being a Christian is, let me put it this way. The Rock, Wayne, what's his name, Wayne Johnson? Wayne Johnson says, are you buying what The Rock is cooking? Are people buying what you and I are cooking in terms of our testimony for Jesus Christ? Hmm? I'm not talking about Sunday morning. It's easy to be Christian-y here. Nice suit, nice tie, makeup, dress. Slacks, whatever. Stand when you're supposed to stand. Sit when you're supposed to sit. 
Maybe sing, maybe don't sing. Listen attentively. All that's easy. But you know what the true test of our testimony is? Outside these four walls. Let some of us, let somebody follow you home. On your job. In school. In your neighborhood. In your own house. Let somebody say, well, how does, how does Pastor act when he's at home? Oh, let me tell you. Man, I'm telling you what. He seems like mm-hmm, on Sunday. But Sunday afternoon through Monday through Friday, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, it's a different story. See, that's where our true testimony is. He talks about here he want to be a doorkeeper. It's not about being up front. It's about just being simply a servant. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. Whatever favor, whatever honor we receive, it's all from the Lord. I can't brag about anything that I have done. I haven't done anything. I haven't really. I'll say this, and I know he'll probably say, oh, Pastor. But just the other day, a brother was telling me, thank you so much, Pastor. For, and I said, what did I do? I did not do anything, really. But he wanted to make the point to me. No, we appreciate what you did. And honestly, I didn't really do much, but I said, thank you, brother. But, you know, it is. It is what it is. But God is the one that gives us honor and favor. That means something, even in the world today. That people respect you enough to say, hey, wait a minute. I'm going to give you honor. And God says he gives us favor. That comes from him. And this is a good thing, too. No good thing. Does he withhold from those that walk up rock? There's something to be said about walking right with God. Oh, I know I'm right. Because some of us could stand up and be a witness today. The fact that I walk up rightly with God is the reason why God has blessed me in my life. No other reason. I didn't deserve anything that he's given to me, but the fact that I was consistent and faithful and walked with God. God gave me favor. And God gave me honor. Let me tell you something. You want God to put favor on your life. When the man says there's no logical reason why you should get or have or be whatever, and they give it to you anyway. Come on now. Who you think did that? That's God's favor on you. Because every logical reason, according to them, is that you don't qualify. A promotion on your job, uh, 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 whatever it is that, you, that they give, that's God's favor being placed on you. Because God says, I don't care what you think. I know he deserves it. And they won't even know why they're giving it. This is an amazing thing to me. They don't even know why they're giving it to you. Well, sir, we're going to give this to you. because, And then you walk out of the office and they go, what did I just tell him? Did I just give him that promotion? Wait a minute. He ain't got no behind his name. But I just told him he's going to be the supervisor. I told him he's going to be the manager. I told him he's going to be the, well, what did I do that for? God's favor. I can explain that one. He says, no good thing. What are some of the good things you want to happen in your life? Huh? He says, no good thing. Whatever God has in store for you, he's going to give it to you. There's not a man, one boy, or girl that will stop God's blessing in your life. Amen? 
If God wants you to have it, you've got it. I used to think I wanted a Rolex watch. I don't want a Rolex anymore. I used to think I wanted a, a, a Lexus or whatever. I don't want that anymore either. You know why? It don't mean nothing. It's just a name. And them things cost money. And when them things break down, they cost more money. And I ain't got money to fix all that stuff. I used to wear sunglasses back in the day. And I used to go to the Dayton Mall or whatever mall, and they used to have those two for ten or two for five, whatever. Little cheapies, but they looked like they were decent glasses. And I said to myself, you know, self, a good pair of Ray-Bans. That's what you need. No, I didn't need Ray-Bans. I priced them out. Too expensive. Because what I would do, I would go to the mall, I'd take my glasses, I'd just toss them on the seat, go to the mall, come out of the mall, sit, crunch. <sighs> but I had my second pair. And inevitably, I would break the second pair. And I thought to myself, I would be sick and throwing up if I sat on a pair of Ray-Bans knowing I could not replace them. My buddy, our buddy, Gibbs, NCIS, he has a knife. Rule number 11, I always have a knife. I carry a knife with me all the time. I priced the knife that he, that he carries. You know what that knife costs? $144. I said, Jesus, have mercy. No, I'm not getting me one of them knives. I'll use my little trusty daddy pocket knife. My dad has it. I got it in my office. I carry it with me every day, a little pocket knife. I said, that's fine, and it's free. And then my other thought was, I'm going to spend $144 for a knife. I could give $144 to the Lord. Amen. Amen. Which has a better priority? No good thing. Oh, Lord, our host, blessed. Oh, this is it. Blessed is the one who trusts in you. Trust God. I don't know if this is what, the, what you want. I don't know where you're at today. I'm thinking about the situation in uh, Hillsboro. I know people are asking questions. Why? Why? And I can only come up with one thing. God knows. I can't explain. I have people ask me sometimes, Pastor, can I ask you a question? Sure. And I tell them, I said, I can't answer that. I have no, I, it's, not, it's not meant for us to know. Some things happen in life that we will not know on this side of glory. Amen. But we'll find out on the other side. Amen. There is no reason, logical reason, for this to happen. But it did. And my first thought was this. I was wondering, where were, these, where were these individuals, what was their relationship to God? That's the first question I always ask when something like that happens. Where were they with God? Because so many of us don't think we need God Amen. until something happens. Amen. Somebody said, or her sister Tammy, talk about, and I can understand it because I, I wouldn't want that responsibility either. Not that I'm running away from it, but it, it, it'd be a hard thing to do. She said, I hope they don't call me to have to want to play because I don't know if I can make it. And I'm thinking to myself, I wouldn't want to be the guy, the, the pastor that has to preach that funeral. 
It's not about the dead person. It's not about the people who have died. It's about dealing with the living people. What is it? That, what, what, God, God has to give whomever that is a word to say to the families and to those that are still left to deal with this. And I know somebody said it in their prayer or maybe you said it, Sister Tammy. It doesn't make any sense to have all that happen in your life and then on a Sunday morning, because that is who you are, you find yourself in your house of God, praising and serving God. You can't do that without the Lord being on your side. Because so many of us will say, I'm so emotionally whatever, and then I I can't. (laughs) But to find yourself getting up, because you know in whom you have believed and trusted. You know what God has done for you in days past to God. You know where he's brought you from. You watched him deliver you in days past, and you know he's going to deliver you today, and you still say to yourself, yes, Lord. You can't do that on your own power. Amen. You can't do it. That's why I don't understand. That's why I tell people it is so important to get this part right here right, your spiritual life. So that when things like this happen, you're able to put a handle on it. And if you can't put a handle on it, you've got an anchor in Jesus that he will anchor your soul. So that when you get, see, the problem is when you get to the point in life where you have no hope. You understand what I'm telling you? No hope. You don't see no hope at all. That's when you start thinking about crazy stuff. And for anybody to tell me that they don't believe the power of Satan to deal with the minds of people today, you are nuts. And say, in case you don't, in case you think this, but be for the grace of God. Don't think you and I are beyond. So there is no way. The heart is deceitful and full of wickedness. Don't trust your heart. You know what? I will say this. How many of us use this phrase? And to me, it's a cop out. The Lord knows my heart. What does that mean? You're, you're correct on this point. The Lord knows your heart. But you don't know your heart. And then there lies the problem. Because you think you would never do something unless the right circumstances set itself up and you find yourself doing something you would never in a million years thought you would ever do. And we say these things and we do these things because we think somebody else is looking at us trying to tell us what to do and how to do. No. This is the book. This is the word of God. There are some things we have no choice in doing. Somebody says, you need to come on Wednesday nights. You need to go. Well, yeah. And, the, and thanks be to God, we had a good crowd this past Wednesday. I mean, it was like, wow. Because you're missing out on the blessing. You need to be here on Sunday morning. Miss out on the blessing. Did you hear what he said here? Uh, one day in his course, just to be in the house of God, just, just to be able to cel- celebrate and fellowship with other Christian people. We're to be encouraging one another. I said this morning in Sunday school, I'll say here, and I'll close. When people have great things happen to them, we ought to be excited for them. Okay? Man, not out of falseness, but in genuine 
expression. Thank you. Oh, man, I'm so happy for you. And when people are going through stuff, we ought to be there as well to catch them, to hold them, to carry them through. My good, my, my good friend back there in the back is in the housing industry. <laughs> Howard. And we were talking one day, and I said, we are our own worst enemy. When somebody gets blessed, we think it's, man, I know you got a lot of money. I mean, wait a minute. I ain't got no money at all. Somebody gets a new car. Oh, well, yeah, she's got money. She's about, about. Look, God blesses them. Anybody ever has, they're working for it. Now, unless you got a rich aunt, uncle, or grandpa somewhere that's leaving you millions of dollars, most of us have had worked where we got to. God's just blessed us. Amen. Amen. Trust God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Father, thank you for your word. Oh, Father, we just thank you because when we look at our life and then we look at some of the things that are going on in our neighborhoods and in our homes and in our towns and with our friends, we just need to be reminded of trusting in you. Lord, we just wanted to say thank you for blessing us beyond what we deserve. Thank you for just blessing us, period. Because if we weigh out the scale and say what God has done for me and what I have done for God, we would be way coming up way short. So, Father, we thank you. Meet the needs of all that are here. We confess we are a needy people. But we thank you. And we want to have joy. We want to have genuine joy and be able to express ourselves, be happy sometimes. Have a smile on our face. Be able to laugh and joke. Be able to, to say, yes, you are the joy of our salvation. It's just, yeah, I know I'm going through some stuff, but you know what? God's been too good. God's been too merciful. God, you have blessed above and beyond. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen.